Hey, we're back with another great topic this week. This week, I'm here with Chris Maynard from Maynard Dog Training. And I want to talk this week all about aggression and reactivity. And he's the guy for this live. He specializes in um, training and reactive dogs and aggressive dogs. So I thought I'll bring him on to answer all these questions I've been getting from clients and to talk more specifically about aggression and reactivity. So Chris, do you want to um, introduce yourself and tell the folks what you do? Yeah, my name is Chris Maynard. I'm the uh, owner and lead trainer at Maynard Dog Training Solutions out of Rentham, Massachusetts. And uh, we travel around the world to help dogs. Um, we, we very much specialize in aggression with dogs and those super bad dogs, so the, the ones that we call super bad, um, those sorts of things. So that's what we deal with mostly. Yep. All right. So let's just start this conversation off because a lot of times I'll talk to clients and I'll go into the homes and, you know, the word aggression is thrown around a lot, you know, whether it's just people don't understand or know. Can you talk about the difference between aggression and reactivity? Yeah. Like so what's the difference? Yeah. So I like to use the words protective and reactive as, as my, okay. it's all the same. Um, and for me, um, an aggressive dog is totally or excuse me a reactive dog is totally off the wall just does things as a step-by-step -step guide kind of in its life so uh something triggers the dog and the dog reacts a certain way without any help along the way i guess you could say yeah. so there's no there's no control whereas a protective okay. dog a real protective dog is one that you'll see like a police dog that's a protective dog um, okay. totally controlled it's all on obedience commands and that sort of thing so it's a little bit different there but um reactive dogs can be very very they can both be aggressive of course but um okay dogs yeah. are the ones that we really want to be careful of because um you know they might be protecting mom or dad or you you think they are but they're mm -hmm. they're, they're there to hurt someone and that's, that's bad. yeah <laughs> yep yeah. And so far as the reactivity um, in dogs, so I have a lot of clients that are, the dogs are um, barking, growling on a leash in like just, you know, lunging. Would you consider that reactive or aggressive? That's definitely growling on a leash. Yeah, definitely reactive. Um, okay. They just haven't been taught. You might think I taught my dog how to be quiet and come back to me and stay with me. They really don't know. They're very confused as to what to do. In a mm -hmm. lot of times, our body language is what's telling them what to do. We freeze up, we pull the leash, we yell, mm -hmm. reprimand, mm -hmm. we do other things. And that's really what the dog is doing it for, the the aftermath, I guess you could say. Yeah. And so what are like, um, so when a dog's reactive, is it more than just a lunging at other dogs and people? Are there other signs of reactivity in dogs when they're lunging and barking? No, I, I started as low and as small as the little bit of, you know, we see the hair go up, that pile of erections. Yes starts there or the stiff body and they look up and they, they're alerted to something. I start watching that behavior right there because mm -hmm. alert, hey, anything beyond alert is something I need to take control of at that point. Exactly. And talking about body language, too, I talk to my clients all the time. That's one of the first things I talk about. I have like a little diagram and show them like the different um, body language signs, like leading up to a dog's reacting. I always tell them that, you know, these dogs are giving us signs way in the beginning, the signs you're talking about, the hair standing up, the stopping and freezing. And at that point, I tell them they're making a decision. So that's absolutely right about that. And so if a dog is truly aggressive, like, so if you're walking down the street and you do see a dog barking and growling, how would they know if the dog? Uh, intentions are just, you know, they want to meet another dog or are they trying to hurt another dog and bite? How would they know? So you really don't 
And that's what we have to yep. be careful of. When we're walking on leash, for me personally, when I'm with my dog, no one pets my dog and dogs don't play on leash. That, that yep. leash is for restriction. And that mm -hmm. restriction can give a really bad sign to another dog, body language wise. My dog is very friendly with people and dogs. But if she locks her body because I pulled the leash a certain way, that just mm -hmm. tells the dog, let's fight. And yep. if the dog has any reactivity, they're going to come in hot on it. And then, so we're going to have a lot of issues there. Exactly. And I always talk about, too, how the leashes are like barrier frustration for dogs. Like dogs, you know, that's a man-made thing. And so adding a leash onto a dog who already, already is excited or it just adds on to the fuel to the fire. So Chris is absolutely right about um, that. So can you talk a little bit about how, until they can get some form of training, what sort of like things they can do um, kind of to help a dog who may be like lunging and barking on a leash or things like that? Yeah. So catch it early, catch it at that level one where the dog just pulls a little or is alert to things and, and out on, out on the walk and yep. pay, them, pay them for the good behavior, pay them. That way they want to continue the behavior and continue the good things over and over. Sure. We want mm -hmm. them to listen and listen without food, but yep. in order to get to that level, we have to offer some sort of reward in the beginning. That way they want to keep repeating mm -hmm. that behavior at low distraction where it's nice and easy to do. Just walking mm -hmm. my dog, a leaf blows by and she reacts. Or she looks up or something. Hey, good job for staying right there where you are. Exactly. Hey. Yep. And then it becomes easier as you add those distractions higher and higher. And would you use different types of treats or like a, um, a more um, high value or tastier treats for dogs that are um, like kind of distracted and reactive when out and about? Or would you just use like regular like kibble? That's a super question for me because, you know, it, we've talked before. I love to yep. use kibble, but when kibble isn't the distraction for the dog, I want it to be my food or me as the distraction, mm -hmm. whatever's out there. So if I need to turn it up, maybe I'm using some meats of some sort. Maybe I'm using deli meat or cheese or something, something super high value or something mm -hmm. I haven't used before. And uh, that's how you're going to get that distraction to you rather than out to the environment. Yep, exactly. And, and what kind of equipment or like, you know, a, a muzzle or a gentle, what kind of stuff should they be using to kind of help the dog? Because you're dealing with a dog who's pulling one and a dog who may be um, reactive or may bite. So what sort of equipment can they use depending no, on what's going on? I absolutely love muzzles. You know, there's a little bit okay. of stick up there. It looks like, oh my goodness, look at that scary dog. But you know what? Mm -hmm. With a muzzle on my dog, it's 100% safe. 100% safe. My dog cannot bite someone else. And that's yep. the last thing you want is to be in the court system where you, your dog accidentally bit someone or scraped someone with their teeth because I see that all the time in the courts. So yep. definitely, definitely a muzzle. Um, always a very good fitting collar. If they're using harness or, or those types of contraptions, it's got to be firm fitting. It's got to be really good on there. Nice and snug, not tight, mm -hmm. to where it's, but it's got to be snug. Um, yeah. you know, collars all the time. They're way out here or harnesses. <laughs> yeah. Off dogs. Way over here. Yep. Let's just tighten that stuff up. Get a good leash on there. Make sure your leash doesn't have any cuts or frays. And then you're going to have a good time and it's, it's time to walk. Yeah. And what's the best leash to use? Should they be using a longer leash, a shorter leash, a leather leash, or does it matter? You know, it's it's totally your preference. You know, what we sometimes we're going to be careful of dogs who bite the leash. They'll, they'll chew that thing mm -hmm. up. So I'll go mm -hmm. to a metal leash, a really thin metal leash. But um, for me, I like the flat, flat, just plain old cotton leash or whatever those things, nylon leashes that are out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To stay away, I stay away from those retractable ones. We never know when they're going to rot and break off inside of that contraption. And they're really thin. They're really cheaply made. So it's not the best best thing to be using for walking your dog. Yeah. And I always talk about, too, with the retractable leashes, if you're dealing with a dog who's pulling, it doesn't give them a sense of when not to pull if they like yodeling around. Absolutely. You know? 
Yes. So, so definitely a flat leash is ideal. So let's talk about some of the training it would take to kind of change this behavior. Um, I know you and I both get the calls for the dogs that are reactive. Um, what sort of things do you talk to um, people who call you like firsthand, like, hey, I have a dog who's reactive. What sort of things would you kind of recommend to them for us training wise? So definitely get, get sort of some sort of control when the dog doesn't have a lot of distractions, right? Uh, uh -huh. Get better control on that leash again with no distractions. Getting them some good leash walking. Everyone wants to throw the dog into that math test, that college level math test. Where <laughs> it's crazy. That's what I want to control. They don't realize if they take a step back a little bit, it's going to be so much easier. Uh, yep. You know, a lot of times in the first session with me, they learn enough where they can just carry that stuff on. I teach them three, four, five steps ahead of what we're doing right now. That way, uh -huh. they don't need forever. They don't need to keep revisiting. Exactly. Exactly. And so what if, so the training, keeping them kind of, you know, focused and things like that. But what about if they're afraid their dog might bite someone? I know it goes back to the muzzle and just going back to the muzzle again. I know there's some concern with the muzzle around, can my dog drink? Um, you know, are they going to be comfortable and things like that? But you know, what can they do about that? Like, can the dog drink through the muzzle? Yeah. Muzzles that there, there's a couple of brands that we use. Um, and it, they can definitely learn to drink from it. There's some, there's holes that are specifically made for eating and drinking. And you're going to okay. see at first the dog is really struggling to figure that out. But once they figure out and they love to wear that thing, it's kind of like I wear my hat every day. I love to wear it. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. They learn to love to wear it. And it becomes mm -hmm. a fun thing. That muzzle comes out and they're like, whoa, it's walk time. Yeah. Exactly. So using a muzzle will help you with your dog, you know, the leash proper equipment. And so as far as going back to training, um, is it better since reactivity can be um, quite the process for, because I know I get calls like, should I show my dog to be like a, um, a day training program, an overnight program when they go away for a few weeks? Or is this something that can be done with a trainer throughout a few sessions? So I'm, I'm big on let's work where the dog lives and, and does its thing, wh where its environment is. I love to come mm -hmm. to people at their home. That's where everything happens. Sending your dog to a facility is, is, is a gamble. Um, yeah. you work on some obedience and that sort of stuff. It's really hard to work that aggressive behavior, that reactive behavior at a facility that isn't the same as when they're back home. Mm -hmm. And so would it take, um, a little bit longer just doing it at home versus in a facility? Are there times where there's exceptions where it's like, you know, maybe it's better off you do send your dog out to be trained. You know, I still, I have yet to, find, like, no. <laughs> yet to find where a facility can, can take that, that away from the dog. But, yep. uh, you know, again, we, we like to start those baby steps, show you some things, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of times find when I come out, it's really not a, a reactive or aggressive dog. It's just that mom or dad does a certain thing. So the dog does a certain thing and then we change yes. that quick. So that's the other thing is yep. making sure it's actually aggression um, and not mm -hmm. something that just a reaction, a reaction to something or, or some sort of trigger that sets off the dog. Yep. Makes sense. And, and talking about mom and dad, I work with a lot of families and kids and dogs who are reactive or maybe a little bit nippy because they're puppies and such. Um, are reactive dogs or aggressive dogs safe for kids to be around while they're training or just safe in general? Or should they be rehomed? So I, I'm not one for rehoming. Um, it's very, very, okay. very few cases that I say to rehome, but the thing is, we can't expect a dog to act proper in that situation with a child. Um, mm -hmm. it's taught them to do it. So again, we can't throw them into that college level math test. We got to teach them kindergarten. And if we're not training, like literally mm -hmm. if we're not out there training at that moment, then the dog doesn't get that exposure. We have to make sure that the children are safe, of course, and the dog is safe. Mm -hmm. 
A lot yep. of times the dog is reactive because of the child. My rule yep. is under 10 years old, there's there's a human adult in the room at all times when a, when a human under 10 years old is in the room with the dog, regardless of mm-hmm. the size of the dog. Yeah, so it sounds like supervise, supervise, supervise. And it's different levels of supervision when it comes down to the dogs and kids. Like there's active supervision where you're watching them. Then there's passive where you're like doing dishes. So you, you know your kid, you know your dog. So I always say just make sure you supervise them. And do you recommend um, tethers like to a table and stuff when they can't supervise or things like that? So they know that, they, you know, things I, are not so I hectic. Love tether. You know, it, it, yep. it takes care of the human part of it where sometimes we get a little lazy, right? We, we, just, mm-hmm. we have other things to do or we have something on our calendar we have to attend to. All of a sudden I have to step away from the room or whatnot. You can tell them, you can put a gate up, you can move mm-hmm. their room. Maybe there, maybe there's a gate between rooms um, temporary. Um, yep. It's it's all about stopping that rehearsal of that behavior, not allowing that dog to move about so that um, you can protect it from happening. Yep. So tell them if you have to, don't feel bad that they're going to have fun regardless. So talking about kids and stuff, are, is there certain games that they shouldn't play with dogs who are like overexcited or who are reactive in general or games that they should play? So with children, again, I'm, I'm careful of if a, if a child is big enough to handle themselves physically around the dog. Then I, I allow them to play those play those games. But if they can't, like if I have a, a forty pound child and an eighty pound dog, that just it just doesn't make any sense, right? So it's really yeah. it's judgment on your own. And um, I always say, if you're willing to bet your mortgage, it's mm-hmm. good, then do it. Otherwise, oh, that's a big bet. <laughs> make sure it's a good bet. Make sure it's a hefty bet, and and be mm-hmm. really willing. Otherwise, do not put your dog or your child in that situation. Makes sense. That makes sense. And another question I get too is when dogs and kids are playing, if they start to growl and stuff, when is that playful versus, okay, it needs to be shut down. It should be shut down from the get-go. So I'm, I'm always cautious right from the get-go, even with toy play, with some tug play and that sort of stuff, dogs can be growly and they may not need, they're not meaning to uh, tell you that I'm going to bite you, but that mm-hmm. is a warning for a dog. That's a warning to say, I'm going to bite something. And this could yep. be accidental or on purpose. And now mm-hmm. what are going to do at that end of that? I, I don't want anybody getting bit on purpose or by accident. So yep. cautious. if there's a growl, let's back off. Again, that that adult supervision comes in play there where you've got to kind of see, well, is that my dog just playing around? Are they not? And if we're not yeah. going to have a mortgage, let's not. Yeah, you definitely don't want to play gamble with that and play roulette. Like, oh, is the dog going to bite the kids or not? Yeah, we want to be careful because we're actually teaching the dog to to use that growl now. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. and the dog learns to growl, but we're having a good old time right now. Uh, five minutes yep. from now, five days from now, or five weeks from now, that might not be the same growl anymore. It might be much it's, more powerful yeah. and it might be a bite followed there too. Exactly. Especially underestimating the puppies because they're so cute and little. You let them nip and growl and do a little, ah, ah. but you have to remember they get bigger and that growls them become bigger and badder. So just err on the side of caution. And all right, so let's kind of wrap this all up pretty pretty for them. Um, so looking for a trainer for dogs who are regressive, um, aggressive or reactive or um, what do you call it? Um, the safe, the other one, not re- reactive and protective, right? If you're looking for a trainer, most people just go to Google or they'll get recommendations for their family or friend. If you're completely new and never have any, like you don't have any that, you know, experience or know where to look for a trainer, can all trainers handle reactivity? And if they do, are there certain questions should be asked or what kind of trainers should they be looking for? Oh yeah, that makes the hair stand up on my neck. Uh, No, not every, (laughs) not every trainer can handle it, nor do they want to. There's a lot of trainers Mm -hmm. out there 
don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. The, the key is to ask them what's, what's their plan? What do they plan on using for tools? What are they going to be using? Um, are they going to come out mm -hmm. and hit my dog with a switch? Are they going to use an e-collar? Are they using chain? Yeah. What, what are they using to, to control the dog or to do that? How do we keep the mm -hmm. public safe? We need to know what are we doing to keep people safe? Because yeah. if I step out in public with a dog, I, I own that dog for that, for that training moment. So if, if you said, Chris, come over and help me with a dog that's uh, aggressive or dangerous, and I bring your dog out in public, it's now my mm -hmm. responsibility. Yeah. So ensuring that they're a real business and they have insurance, insurance is a big deal with dog trainers. If your mm -hmm. dog doesn't have insurance, they're not a dog trainer. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work yeah. that way. Um, yeah. I, and read reviews, ask questions, you know, absolutely. just like you would if it was your kids yeah. in the no, mob somewhere. Yeah. And so um, to wrap this up again, so where can people find you if they're interested in, you know, working with you, like social media, websites, anything you want to give them? I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm on every social media outlet. You can find Maynard Dog Training pretty much anywhere. You can find us uh, online. Our website is MaynardDogTraining.com. You can also look up ConsiderTheCanine.com is also on there. And uh, again, we're on social media, a lot of free stuff on there. And uh, send mm -hmm. us a message. It's the easiest way. Okay. Send us a message and uh, say, hey, I'm looking for Chris and I'll get on there. Yep, absolutely. And do you have anything else to kind of tie this up even prettier um, for the folks of anything? You know, no. here's, here's for those those people that are looking to get a rescue dog. I always say be cautious of who you're getting a rescue dog from as well. A lot, a lot of dogs coming from rescues, they, they have some serious background, some serious behavior issues that you know, you look at a dog and you go, that's a beautiful dog. But let's mm -hmm. ask the questions of those people as well. Exactly. Yep. Thank you for um, taking time out your busy day to join us on the live talking about reactivity and such. Um, if you have any questions, of course, reach out to Chris. You can reach out to me. If you can find either one of us, you can find us um, no matter what. Um, you can always drop a note in the comments, but we'll definitely get back to you. Um, thank you for joining live and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, man.